I'm pretty confident. Devin believes me. I'm pretty confident that I'm right. <laughs> like usual. Okay. <laughs> Hello! Hi! And welcome to the Marble Forest Podcast. I am Amber. And I'm Jesse, And I'm still in promo mode. Well, we tried to do a promo. (laughs) (laughs) Promo. Promo. And we tried to be serious and it didn't work. (laughs) We're not good at it. But That's why you like us. But listen for our promo on other podcasts. And maybe like, I don't know, in our own podcast. Is it weird to put our own promo in our podcast? I do it. I think we should do it. Yeah. Yo, yo, we're conceited enough for that. <laughs> we know what we're about. <laughs> all right. I don't have much to talk about. I don't have much either. Besides, I took all the foam down and I meant to put it up and I didn't. Yeah, I noticed it. I looked at when I came in and I was like, oh, Jesse didn't put the foam back up. Okay, because the foam doesn't match the new foam. <laughs> I know. I remember this conversation from last week. I know, but it it bugs me. So, yeah. You know what? sucks but packing packing suck packing does suck as you can see i haven't it by this room i haven't completely unpacked from moving in a year ago yeah there are podcast boxes now yeah yeah i mean i've been trying to like slowly pack and at first you think you can slowly pack because you're like yeah i've still got a few weeks before i gotta like be out of here i might need this stuff now i've got two weeks ish before I move. Yep. Or end this podcast recording one week before yep. I move. Yeah. And um yeah, I should be really packing more. <laughs> Especially since to keep up with our podcast. Oh yes. Because that has been that's been a struggle, like juggling work, podcast, packing. We're working on it. I'm doing it, but it's hard. It is hard. But I love recording. So I do love it. recording. Brennan, I was editing last night because I was editing until like 11 o'clock last night. And I usually try to like at least be in bed by 1030. Yeah. Because I'm old and wake up at five in the morning. Well, Ew. I try to try to wake up for work Ew. at five in the morning. And then I wake up at six and then I went late for work. But that's besides the point. Every single day. <laughs> yeah. Every <laughs> single day. <laughs> but so I was editing last night. And Brennan goes... Are you having a good time? And I'm like, no, I hate it. And I want to go to bed and spend time with you. (laughs) Because I can't multitask while you're editing. No, no, you can't. I was writing up my story last night. And Jason's like, pay attention to me. Let's watch the show together. Are you even watching the show? And I'm like, I'm working on a podcast story right now. I'll pay attention to you when I'm done. (laughs) He's like, he's like, take a break. Just take a break. And I was like. I'll take a break in like a page and a half. And he just stared at me. He kept poking at me and like trying to bother me. So I like lean over and like take my pen and just like draw little dots all over. <laughs> wow. Um, Any fun facts? Did no, you look anything I fun up? I didn't bring any fun facts. I was literally, I was writing my story until my toenail fell off. And then Ew. I wasn't done yet. And I had to finish it before you came. <laughs> I feel like I had something to tell you. Oh, I went to my sister. Um, she had like a twirling thing at Northern. I was texting Devin while I was there and I was like, B, 
being at this high school right now, like looking around, it's like a stereotypical high school movie. I was like, I could write a bad high school movie about this experience right now. And then you're just like, I've been out of high school for eight years. Yeah. And then I felt like a goth kid there because I was wearing like maroon pants and a black shirt. And everyone was just like how you were in high school. It was their pink out game. So everyone else was wearing pink. And you were just the knight. And I was wearing black and red. Oh, uh. As if you turn around and look behind you, that blob of fabric <laughs> yeah, is my Renaissance Festival outfit. Yeah, you showed me a picture. It looked really good. Yeah. I did all three skirts in like four hours. Oh, that's not bad. Well, like in, in the time there, like I went out to eat yeah. and like watch TV. It like took all day, but like maybe like four or five hours. Yeah. So... It's nice. Yeah, it looks good. Are you guys, are you going to the Renaissance Festival soon? Or? I was going to go this weekend, but I'm not quite sure anymore okay. because I'm poor. Yeah, me too. I finished my Punkaboo cosplay. Yeah. Completely. Oh, fun story about Punkaboo. My coworker was listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> he texts me. He goes, quick question. What is a Punkaboo? It's Pokemon. Yep. For anyone curious, it's a little pumpkin Pokemon. But I finished my costume, and now I have to figure out a new costume to make, and I am terrible at figuring out cosplays. Well, so am I. I picked a cosplay that I have to wear a full bodysuit, and I'm fat. I mean, I'm also fat. No, I, like, have a couple, like, tentative cosplays, and I'm like, I don't really want to wear that. I don't really want to make- I don't really want to do that, but at the same time, it's an easy one to make, so maybe. (laughs) Very indecisive. Yeah. I guess we should jive on into it. We should. It is kind of late. I feel like we need, like, music to jive in. Ooh, maybe we can get new jiving music. All right. Cameron. Cameron. I know you don't, don't listen, but jive in music. Jive on into it. But I want, like, 20 swingers music. There we go. But yeah. kind of ghosty. Yeah. Ghosty 20 swingers music. Yeah. We got this. Yep. All right. Let's jive on into it. Devin. Oh, you flip the ceremoniously cordial you already did, and I am already past this part of the podcast. <laughs> she flipped it while we were talking about music. Okay, well, way to go. Proud of you. All right, so I'm first, as always. Always. <laughs> Someone should start a poll eventually when we have more listeners. It's like a tally. Yeah, it's like who goes first. We should start one, not just listeners. We, we can't even keep up on our podcast matrix of what we do oh, i know but i just mean like every week while we record like we'll just hang a whiteboard on this mattress <laughs> and- <laughs> all right and draw a tally yep or you can just draw a tally on your side of the mattress when you go first and i'll draw one on my side of the mattress maybe not oh okay maybe we'll like put something up over on Devin's area and she'll keep tally and she'll keep tally well, how- who keeps tally if Devin's not here us oh we can be responsible we have to do our own work on this podcast we do a lot of our own work on this podcast (laughs) all right what's your story about (laughs) my story is about the joshua ward house in salem massachusetts Ooh, you said massachusetts weird i did massachusetts (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah tell me more Tell me more. All right, I'm just going to jump into it. <laughs> Jive on into it. Built for a retired sea captain turned merchant, J- 
Joshua Ward got the house in 1780s. The house was the first one to be built out of brick in Salem. Ooh. And it was set back from the street with a large sloping front yard. And it was an impressive three-story building. So he had, like, the nicest house on the block. Yeah. Yeah, he was living it up. Yes. Luxury style. Yes. There was a a lovely wooden central staircase that led up all the floors. There were mailboxes in the foyer, offices on the first floor, along with a library and a parlor. Even the woodwork was done by a famous architect, Samuel McLintyre. McLintyre. That's a name. McLintyre. Yep, sure. McLintyre? Yep. McLintyre? Macklemore. Macklemore. Samuel M- Samuel L. Macklemore. Okay. <laughs> Get this motherfucking ghost out of this motherfucking house. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. And he's also wearing your grandpa's clothes when he says it. <laughs> All right. So this was during the age of the golden age of sale, like on the ocean. Okay, not like golden age of selling things. Yeah. Like sail, like sailboat. Like sailing. Yep. Okay. On the open seas. All right. Uh, and But Salem was not developed on the waterfront, and so the ocean could be viewed from the house. Oh. Now it, there's pretty much streets in a city and everything, and so you can't really see it anymore. Yeah. The house was so important that George Washington actually visited, visited it in 1789. <laughs> that's like the brief history of the house. But that's not really the history we're here for. No, I'm not here for that. Nope. I don't care about history of golden sailing. Do you care about the history of the witch trials? Yes, deeply. Okay. Very deeply. So... In the days of the witch trials, the land was used to be the home of Sheriff Corwin. Uh, Sheriff George Corwin had his house slash jail there in the 1680s. He was nicknamed the Strangler. No, that's not a good nickname for anyone. Have you seen SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Being the Strangler is not a good thing. So he's a sheriff. And on duty, he'd interrogate sus- like suspected witches and warlocks and would carry out painful death sentences during the witch hunt in- between 1692 and 1693. At his house? And his jail. Okay, but, like, do you really want to kill people in your house? Yes, he did. It was alleged that he used his private home for the more sadistic torture of innocent victims of the witch trials. That's messed up. And over the amount of time, 19 men and women were executed under his watch. There was hangings, uh, him personally strangling them. Maybe that's how he got his nickname, The Strangler. It, it, it is. It definitely <laughs> is, yes. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of sassy today. Uh, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and other torturing methods, which we will discuss later. Later? Yep. You promise? Yeah, I definitely promise. It's in the story. <laughs> okay. One of his favorite interrogation methods was tying a prisoner's neck to their ankles until blood came out their nose. What? 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 Wait, what? How? <laughs> I'm assuming, like, bent in half. 
Yeah, bent in half because you have to still be standing for all the blood to rush to your head. Ew, what? No. No? No, don't do that. Well, it, it happened. Well, tell him he's stupid. He, he, you can probably go do that at the house that I, is currently I would not like there. to do that. Would you? I'm would backing you... out of my previous statement. All right. So you don't want to go and yell at a ghost? I'll do it. Devin will do it for me. She Devin just... might not want to do it for you after I read a story. Okay. Keep going. Yep. Corin would strangle his victims until blood flowed out their mouths and their eyes nearly popped out of their skulls. What is up with him and wanting blood to come out of orifices while he's killing people? Maybe he just liked the sight of blood. Oh, he's, he's got like some a issues. serial killer. Yeah, well, he's he, like the 1690s serial he killer. He definitely enjoys the killing. Yeah. There's no way he doesn't. So, his reign of torture ended abruptly a few years later after the Salem witch trials. He died at the age of 30 to an unexpected heart attack. Wow, young. Some people believed his death was the cause of a curse placed on him by Giles Corey. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe. Maybe the curse was placed on him by everyone in town who was sick of a serial killer. (laughs) Could be. But so this story is especially awful. Giles had been accused of witchcraft and refused to plead innocent or guilty. And without a plea being entered, his trial could not proceed. Okay. So to force Corey to confess, a form of torture called pressing was used. No, this sounds awful. Corey was dragged into a field where he was forced to dig a pit and thrown into the hole where a board was placed upon his body. Ew. Four days. Heavy stones were slammed on top of the board, slowly crushing him. Like, over multiple days. Over multiple days. He was in a hole for multiple days, not able to move, being crushed by rocks. That sounds like a terrible nightmare. Yes. He was repeatedly asked how he pleaded, and he would never say a word during those days. At all? At all. Did he, like, cry out or anything? How do they know he was? He still sounds alive? like a sort of badass. He is a huge badass. So, but when it was clear that he wasn't going to make it much longer, the sheriff asked him for one last time how he was going to plead. And defiant to the end, he spat the phrase out, add more weight. And so the sheriff just threw a heavy boulder on top of him, crushing his body. What a fucking badass, though. Sticking it to the man. Yes. Uh, And so I was telling Alyssa a little bit about this before we started recording. And so she also looked it up. And apparently the sheriff would stand on top of the rock pile to add more pressure to him. Oh, yeah. Because he's a crazy serial killer. Yes. And he wants to hurt people. Yes. So out of Guile's last breath, it is said that he has said, Damn you, Sheriff Corwin. I curse you and all of Salem. Oh. Yep. Fun stuff. All right. So then Corwin died at the age of 30, like we have already talked about. I believe the curse. I believe he cursed him. I believe it. Well, because he did exhibit no signs of ill health before dying. He just suddenly died. That's crazy. I believe it. Even though it took a couple of years, he did suddenly die. His body could not be buried properly in a cemetery. Because one of the victims had 
his property confiscated by the sheriff during the witch trials, he had put a lien on his corpse. So you can, he owned the corpse until he got his money. The, the sheriff did? Or the, the, guy, the victim? The victim put a lien on the sheriff's corpse? Yes. Until so he got it, all of his property back. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. But, so, where did they keep his corpse? Well, they couldn't bury it. Oh, that's a very good question. Don't you ask. I did ask. Here, Amber, let me tell you. (laughs) In the basement of his home. Just, like, in the basement? Just Just chilling? In the basement. For how long? It seemed, from the stories I read, like a while. Oh, no. Because his family was fine with not burying his body. Because they feared his corpse would be dug up and desecrated by angry victims. Jeez. So, like, his entire family fucking knew he was an awful person. And, like, they were cool with it. You see, I would not be cool with it. Yeah. I would be so mad. Maybe. They could have been really scared. Maybe they could have been strangled to death by him. Maybe the name The Strangler really held some weight. Yeah. I'm really afraid. Eventually, he did end up in a graveyard. Probably after the smell got to him. The Joshua Ward house is not only haunted by the spirit of the sheriff, but is occupied by other ghosts as well. Victims? The Lady in Black. Oh. The Lady in Black seemed to have a distorted, long, unkept black hair and tattered, old-fashioned black clothes. Oh. So, like, she just looks a little crazy. Yeah. Like, sort of what you'd expect, like, one of the witches from, like, Halloween Town to look like. Okay. Yeah. She's kind of disheveled. Yeah. Super disheveled. Crazy Like, hair. she just woke up and she hadn't have her, had her coffee yet. She hasn't brushed her hair in six days. Yep. And she's a And the seventh one sleeper. you die. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say she moves a lot in her sleep, so her hair gets crazy. Yeah. But that works, too. Yeah. So it is speculated that she may have been a victim of the sheriff's torture. And in 1981, a realty company purchased the home in order to convert it into offices. Around Christmas, an employee of the office started taking Polaroid photos of all of the employees to hang up in a Christmas wreath. Oh, how cute. I know, so cute. When one of the Polaroids finished its processing, it showed something very unexplainable. There was supposed to be one of the female employees in the photo. Like, head, shoulder shot in the photo. Yes. But it appeared to be the lady in black. How do you think Becky felt about that, looking back at her picture and being like, whoa, what happened to me? (laughs) I don't know. She's probably, like, blonde-haired Becky. She's super happy and cheerful. Yeah, and then, like... The photo gets taken. She goes, that's not me. She's like the perkiest person in the workplace. She probably quit after this. She probably cried. Yeah. And thought someone was playing a prank on her. Yeah. And How then she rude. quit. So the image is considered to be one of the best irrefutable examples of a spirit caught on film. Is there a picture? Do you have it? Yes, I do. Oh, thank God. The photo shows no sign of tampering. I don't have to Google it myself. No. Nope. Oh, jeez. In the photo... Supposedly, even from where he was looking through the viewfinder, it was in a different perspective in that photo than what he was looking at in the viewfinder along with Becky. Becky, though, we we just named her Becky. Yeah, we just named her Becky. That's really crazy because, like, it looks 
That's a person. That is definitely a definitely person. Definitely a person. Is it in front of a wreath or is that her hair? No, that's her supposedly her hair. That's insane. I literally you thought she was standing in front of a Christmas wreath. <laughs> Did you see this, Devin? Okay. Oh, so you looked it up on your own phone? Yes. So, when I saw this photo, I'm like, is she like one of those witches where like her hair just sort of floats all the time? Oh, maybe. Like super magically. And maybe that's why her hair looks so huge. It's like so far off of her head. It's like she teased it into this big rat's nest. She wanted 80s like hair. Yeah. Bigger the better. Of course. Bigger the she better. She was in it was in the 80s and around and the, Christmas. And around Christmas. She was just trying to look her best for her Christmas photo. She wanted to look like a Christmas wreath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, she has been reported roaming through the hallways throughout the building. So, here, we're going to get into a little bit of a quick rundown of the entities of the house. Okie doke. And, like, some things that happen, and then we're going to get into some stories. I love stories. You won't like these. I probably won't. So, of course, there are unexplained sounds, voices, and objects being moved. Of course. There is the feeling of gloom and sadness. Oh, that's crazy. What? So, fun fact that we just... Devin was looking through some stuff, and... Can I see it again? So, she found, it looks like, a gravestone marker for Giles Corey, pressed to death September 19th, 1692. Today, the day we are recording this, is September 19th, 2018. (laughs) So, we're talking about this literally... Years and years later. Hundreds the, and hundreds of years the in the future. anniversary of his death. Yes. Crazy coincidence. Super crazy coincidence. All right. Back at it. Back at it. That was so weird. It freaks me out a lot. So, other things in the house. The lady in black, which we've already right. discussed. Giles Corey seems to be sort of super pissed in the house. Um, I would be too. And so I said, and has been raging all over the place. Raging? He's been turning over trash cans, pulling books off shelves, and throwing things around rooms. Rage. I feel like he has a lot to be angry about. Yeah, definitely. Also, candles have been taken out and melted, even though they have never been lit. Oh. And cold spots are felt in certain rooms. I don't like cold spots. Well, maybe you're hot. I still don't want one small random spot in my house to be cold. All right. Better hope your new place isn't haunted. Oh, thanks, Jesse. Just what I needed. <laughs> so, unfortunately, the sheriff is in the house as well. Ooh, they fight. Do you think they fight? They probably fight. Like fisticuffs? <laughs> I don't know about all of that, but... Do you think Giles can hold his own against the sheriff in the afterlife? Oh, for sure. He's such a badass. And all of those rocks made him really strong. He He's so strong. So buff now. The sheriff's spirit has been seen sitting in a rocking chair by the fireplace. Just being peaceful. Until someone comes up behind him and pushes his spirit into the fireplace. Hopefully. People have been reported being choked by an unseen entity. Stop choking things. Items are moved around the mansion. And then here's one I didn't really understand. Candles are bent into the shape of an S. 
What? I don't know why, but I just sort of left it in there. For Sheriff. For Sheriff. Yeah, I can see that. S for SpongeBob. (laughs) S for Sandy. Now we've got S for Sheriff. (laughs) All right, so... There's also been manifestations of burning scratches on arms and backs. Yuck. Yeah. I don't like that. So, former employees of the house have told how they were sitting alone in their offices after working hours. And even though they knew that they were alone, they could still feel a presence with them. I don't like that either. And out of the corner of their eye, they have seen a shadowy figure glide past in the hall. Stop. Stop gliding past me. Even worse. No. Is that there were times where they'd look up from their computer screen and the lady in black would be mere inches away from their faces. I would literally cry. That's horrible. No, stop. I would be out of that fucking building so fast. I would punch it. Can you punch a ghost? I don't know. Because, like, my my first reaction would be to, like, like, yeah, get away from me. <laughs> punch her. I think I'd, like, fall backwards. I mean, you probably would. I'd cry and scream. Yeah. Everyone would look at me funny. Yeah. And then I'd never come back. Yeah. So, another story is that there were two investigators setting up in the house. So, Mary and her skeptical partner, Robert... That was in the article. I'm like, do we really have to, like, point this out? Yeah, let's leave it in. Okay. Yeah, he's skeptical. And but he's, he's proud of it. He's a ghost hunter. He actually changed his name to her skeptical partner, Robert. <laughs> it's his full legal name. It's his full legal name. <laughs> well, after this investigation, it's said that he had stopped investigating the paranormal. Because he was a true believer. And then he had to change his name again. And he's just such a hassle. <laughs> so, they were checking the place out, taking preliminary recordings in different parts of the house. She was setting up equipment in the third floor room. And Robert was in the basement. Well, we would not be that far apart if it was you and I and we were doing something like that. We, I would literally be in every single room you were in right next to you. Within touching distance. Yeah. Be prepared if we ever go anywhere haunted. So I looked it up. He was 81 when he died. So he was an 80-year-old badass. Corey. Corey? What? What? What a badass! He's such a badass. This is now the Giles Corey fan club. It is. Podcast. We are such a fan of him. I hope he beats up on the sheriff in the afterlife. Oh, me too. Yes, we're a huge fan Giles Corey. Yeah, he's... Um, Corey Giles, Giles Corey? Giles Corey, right? Gu- it's Giles Corey. We're his, the, it, we should know this. We're his fan club. What number kind of, one fans. What kind of fan club are we? I don't know. Devin, doodle us as a Giles Corey fan club. Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> we all just have shirts with his name on it and like his his uh, gravestone. Giles Corey. And we carry around planks of wood. And rocks. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> we went we went too far. We went to too far. Back it up. That's not a fan club. <laughs> All right, so back to the story. Okay. Mary was on the third floor. Robert was in the basement. Okay. Okay. Got it. Mary realized that she was supposed to be meeting up with Robert in the parlor. But he was nowhere to be found. Because he was in the basement. Yep. Duh, Mary. 
people working in the house had not seen him since he had headed down to the basement. Because he decided, this is a really lovely basement. I just want to check out all the architecture. Yep. So Mary raced down to the basement where she found him lying on the floor, barely alive, struggling to breathe. Holy shit. No. No? No. (laughs) Nope, but out. Robert choked out a story describing how he was looking around the basement when he was struck from behind and his throat was grabbed. No. He had turned around to see the face of his attacker and no one was there. So, no one was there, but the strangling sensation continued. He tried to shout for help, but no sound would come out of his mouth. What would he have done if Mary never showed up? I don't know. Died? Yeah. Can ghosts kill you? Apparently this one can. I'm no been out of life. So, ghosts can kill me now? He was choked so much, so hard that he had passed out. Oh my from god! It. Was he bleeding out of his mouth and his eyes bulged out? I don't know. Probably not, right? I hope not. I hope not. So it felt like there were hands wrapped around his throat, trying to choke him to death. After the fact, his neck started showing massive bruising. Oh my god! No. Yeah. So he had like bruising proof. That's messed up. Yeah. So, our last story is there was another investigator there, and she was home alone in the house. Never do that. She was setting up audio and video recording devices. Pretty much she, and at the close of the investigation, she collected all of her devices and went back to the office where she played the tape back from the basement. Okay. A rough voice growled, I want to keep you. Oh, no. You can't. You can't keep me. She checked all of the video footage because she, like, put audio recording and video in the same room. But there was no physical person in the room when the audio was recorded. Ew. The voice on the tape was distinct and clear and there was no background noise. No. I don't like that. That is pretty much all that she experienced. The Joshua Ward house, there hasn't really been much revealed to the public Besides people's personal stories. Okay. Because the home is a private business and they do not want to scare visitors away. But, like, also, that's why visitors want to come. Right. So, paranormal investigators and psychics, they are allowed in the building. Okay. But they are not allowed to share anything that they find. Oh. Yes. So, today, it is a boutique hotel. There is also, like, tours of Salem that just show up on the fucking doorsteps of this hotel, which they are not very happy with. Yeah, but you would think that they would get more business if they let people come. Yeah. And, like, share stories and stuff. Yeah. But that's pretty much the house. That was good. It was a lot less history and more ghosty, though. Yeah, but that was good. There was a lot of story. Yeah. Wow. Are you ready? No. I am going to tell you about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Ooh. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. I love this story. I actually want to go here. So in 1883, Major Thomas S. Major Tom? Wow. (laughs) Ground control to Major Tom. Okay. In 1883, Major Thomas H. Hayes purchased land in Louisville, Kentucky. Major Hayes was in need of a school for his daughters, so he started one in a one-room schoolhouse. 
that's just how it works. Yeah, he was like, we need a school. I'm just going to start one. Is it like homeschool, but you bought a building? Like, <laughs> um, he hired a woman. Okay. Named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Okay. Yep. So no, was he? they weren't homeschooled. He hired a teacher too. Okay. Sounds great. She was really fond of the school. Her one-room school? Yeah, and she also really, really liked Sir Walter Scott's Waverly novels. So she named the schoolhouse Waverly School. Okay. The Wizards of Waverly Place? <laughs> yes. Got it. Were Major they wizards? Hayes? Were they all wizards they, at the school? Everyone... Is this Harry Potter? Crazy? <laughs> this one-room schoolhouse was actually the real Hogwarts. Oh my god! And there were only like four students, and they all were like, well, I want my own house, and that's how they got four houses. This is perfect. Major Hayes liked the name and decided to name his property Waverly Hill. All right. He thought it was like peaceful sounding. Yeah, yeah it sounds so peaceful at the time. In the 1900s, so it was kind of like the it late- It had a peaceful start. It was a nice start, but that's like not- Like every hospital- Ever. That's not where our stories go here. In the late 1800s and, like, early 1900s, that started to be, like, the tuberculosis epidemic. And in 1900, Louisville had one of the highest rates of tuberculosis deaths in America. Uh, The Board of Tuberculosis Hospital purchased Waverly Hill and opened a small two-story framed building with a hipped roof and half-timbering. A hip, a hip, a hip hop, a hippie to the hip hop roof. <laughs> yeah, it was a hip hop roof. All right. They just, you could only perform hip hop under on, the roof. Under the roof or on the roof? Both. All right. Construction started in 1908 and the Waverly Hill Sanatorium opened in July of, July 26, 1910. Okay. So the building was designed to safely accommodate 40 to 50 patients. Patients would be kept quarantined from the public and placed in areas to rest, stay calm, and get plenty of fresh air. Because fresh air is important with tuberculosis. Apparently, they thought so. Yeah, everyone thought so. The peaceful surroundings were thought to help the patients recover. Yep. So tuberculosis was becoming an epidemic in these, like, surrounding counties. And soon the sanitarium was overrun with over 140 patients. So oh, no. It was this could so 40, comfortably hold 40. 40 to 140? Yeah. So it was soon apparent that the sanatorium needed more space. The hospital received donations of money and land, and a new hospital... Well, they, like, closed, temporarily closed the hospital and reopened the hospital in 1924. Okay. So the new Waverly Hills Sanatorium opened in... 1926. So they, they started it. Opened. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so it was considered the most advanced tuberculosis sanatorium in the tuberculosis? country. Tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. Were they very perky? <laughs> Everyone there just was really perky. Really perky tuberculosis patients. <laughs> they were just so happy to be there with all the fresh air. They love fresh air! Even though it was the most advanced supposedly most patients died oh yeah waverly hills was a self-contained community with its own zip code oh that's cool 
Theo. Theo, no. Come here. We have Theo. He's the cutest puppy ever. So, and his own zip code. It's freaking huge. Yeah. Uh, Waverly Hills has its own post office, water treatment facility, grew its own garden. Ready for this one? Yeah. Raised its own livestock. Yeah, cows. We love livestock. We love livestock. Uh, for meat, though. Like, buy a livestock. Buy livestock. And maintained many necessities of everyday life. Patients, nurses, and doctors could not leave the facility due to tuberculosis being highly contagious. So it had to grow to accommodate more than 400 patients. Okay, so like the buildings? Yes. Okay, so I, that's good. We're, we're expanding buildings now. Yeah, so I wrote 400 here, but my last zero kind of looks like a period. So I thought I wrote more than 40 patients. And I was like, that old building only holds 40 <laughs> patients. So many patients died. But uh, you know, some did survive, but most of them died. Yeah. At the height of the epidemic. In many cases, the treatments were as bad as the diseases. Yeah. Maybe worse. Yeah. Okay, so here's some of the experiments to try and treat the disease. Okay. Some patients would have their lungs exposed to ultraviolet lights to try and stop the spread of bacteria. How... This was done in a sunroom using artificial lights instead of actual lights, or even on the roof or the porch of the hospital. How? Do not know. Like, like we cracked them open and showed their lungs to the world? Um, I'm gonna go with yes. I don't like that. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Performing surgery on the roof of a building. Yeah. Um, like I, we already have kind of talked about, fresh air was thought to be the cure. So patients would be placed in front of huge open windows or put on the porch no matter what the season was. Yeah, that's like a, a, a thing that like occurred at many hospitals. Yeah, like they would like just- Like they'd be on the porch in the fucking dead of winter with like, that's it, on the porch, freezing. Yeah. This one's a little worse. Are you ready? Yeah. Balloons would be surgically implanted in the lungs and filled with air to expand them. This was often a disastrous procedure. They thought expanding the lungs would allow more oxygen to pass to help cure the disease. Patients would also undergo operations where muscles and ribs were removed from their chest to allow the lungs to expand further... And let in even more oxygen. Very few patients survived. I don't like that. No. I don't either. So patients who didn't survive the disease or the experiments would leave through the body chute. Oh. And it is now called... I have it. The ghostly chute? The death tunnels. The the spirit chimney? The parachute? (laughs) The, I like parachute. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked spirit chimney. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm writing it down. The tunnel of death. Yeah. Sure. The death tunnels? Yeah, I like the tunnel of death better cuz it's like the tunnel of love but it's the death. Oh. Yeah. It could be so cute if it was the tunnel of love, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. So this was an enclosed tunnel that led to that led the dead from the hospital to the railroad at the bottom of the hill. They used motorized rail and cable system 
and bodies were lowered in secret to the trains so that patients wouldn't see the death toll. All right, so they just put the dead bodies on a train? Yeah, a dead body train. Bring out your dead (laughs) to the train. Choo-choo. Okay, so eventually TB began to decline and new med- due to like new medications and everything. So there was less need for the facility and in 1961 the sanatorium closed. Okay. Only to reopen a year later as Woodhaven Geriatric Sanitarium. Oh, old people. So the new facility, there was there wasn't a lot I could find about it, but like in my short research, I'm sure there's more online somewhere. But it dealt with, like, the old age people. Rumors were that patients were mistreated. Electroshock therapy was used. And then due to budget cuts, patients were left in horrible conditions and mistreated. And then the facility closed for good in 1982. Okay. So, it had a short run there. But... Yeah. And it wasn't a great run either. 20 years is not that short, actually. Well... I'm talking more about the misuse, the mistreatment of the elderly, but... Yeah, that's not great. So the building and lands were auctioned off and changed hands a few times. It was nearly destroyed once. What Um, about the livestock? They were probably gone by now. Okay. Sold off. I don't know. So, you know, people would come in. I became like a magnet for the homeless and like teenagers who wanted to ghost hunt. Me. On to the ghost. One story tells of a man in a white lab coat who has been seen walking the kitchen and the smell of food wafts, like, through the room. Keith Age and the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society visited the hospital, and they told that on their first visit to the hospital, they found the kitchen in ruins, as you'd kind of expect to see it, like, broken windows, fallen plaster, broken tables, puddles of water, you know. It's been in disrepair. Yeah. They were about to leave when several of them heard footsteps and the door swing shut. They also smelled distinctly like they could smell the smell of baking bread. Oh. Um, they searched the area, but they couldn't find anyone in that would be causing that. So ghost researchers tend to be drawn to the fifth floor. This floor housed the nurse's station, a pantry, a linen room, medicine room, and then two rooms on, e- like, both sides of each nursing station. Okay. So, room 502 seems to have a lot of activity. There's two, like, prominent stories regarding this room. One says that in 1928, the head nurse was found dead. She had committed suicide by hanging herself. And there's two, it either says from a light fixture or an exposed pipe. Yeah. Um, she was a 29-year-old who was allegedly unmarried and pregnant, and it was unknown how long her body was there for. How do you... But the hospital was, like, still working. At that time, yes. Yeah. And so we... We, we, we should have known. We weren't paying attention enough to know how long her body was just hanging it's there. It's a huge building. I know it's a huge building, but still. Yeah, I don't know. Also in room 502, in 1932, a nurse was said to have jumped from the roof patio to her death. Oh. Do we know why? Nope. All right. It said no one knows why. And I wrote her, like, here. Yeah. Don't know why I did that. 
So people have heard disembodied voices in this room telling them to get out. Yeah. They have seen shapes moving in the windows. I know. Also, a story of a child named Timmy. The soup ghost? Timmy the soup ghost! Tiny Tim? So, Tim... To me, one of the websites that I have on my phone, I just got to find which one it is real quick, has pictures of ghosts. Some of them look so fake, and then some of them look like I could possibly see something there. But Timmy is said to, he was said to be like six or seven when he died at the hospital. Visitors will bring balls to the hospital for him to play with because he's known to like roll balls and like to play with them. Yeah. And people have seen the balls move on their own. Yeah. This is a little boy ghost that people think may be Timmy. Oh. Yeah. How young do you think this kid is? I mean, that kid looks younger than six or seven. Yeah, this is like two or three. Like, just learning how to walk height. Like, I get it. Like, it doesn't even... Like, his head doesn't even reach, like, a doorknob. Right. Like, and I guess you can see, like, a body but like it's not super defined no it's not really defined and like it's it is more of a compelling picture than some of the other pictures i'll show you some of them just look photoshopped okay but yeah it's tiny it's like a small small child um so the tunnels like i said are now called the death tunnels the tunnels of death they seem to be a hot spot there visitors have seen shadows unexplained footsteps and disembodied voices like her disembodied voices it's also known to provide like evps to investigators yeah there is a ghost called mary who wanders the halls isn't that the the nurse who hung herself i'm not sure because in this one it says she's on the third floor okay um, supposedly Mary was a young girl brought to Waverly Hills in 1940s for treatment. So I think it's a different spirit. Okay. She died and her spirit has been trapped on the third floor of Waverly Hills since her death. Some people say that Mary will play hide and seek with you. No. She's... I don't want Mary to find me. If she's feeling playful. No. No. I can't do that. I can't play... Well, and she, like... Is she, like, an adult? Like... (laughs) I think she's, like... She's young. She's a young girl, but I don't think she's, like, a kid. Okay. Many ghost investigators have seen Mary... um, Some claim to have caught her on camera. This is one of the pictures I have for you. Okay. These two are supposed to be Mary. I don't know what this blob is supposed to be. Looks like nothing to me. It looks like a slightly more defined blob of night. <laughs> Scroll down a little bit. This is the one I said thinks it looks photoshopped. Like the one right under this picture. Yeah. I would say that sort of does look photoshopped. It's so weird looking. It's a very defined person. Well, yeah. And not really at the same time, too. Like but... it's kind of like narrow, though, too. But I feel like I feel like the proportions aren't right. Yeah, the proportions are weird. Okay. Yeah. But it just seems like it's very very clear. Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, I could see it being real, but I also see it being very not. I don't know. Yeah. There's a um more frightening ghost 
Oh. It is the ghost of an elderly woman who runs around the main entrance of Waverly Hills with chains around her arms and bleeding wrists. What? Why? Why is she so elderly? Was she? <laughs> Why is she so elderly? <laughs> I guess that's not really what I meant. People get old, they become elderly. But is like, is this like a mistreated elderly person? It, I would assume so because, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's been said that she screams as she's running. One psychic who gave her opinion on this particular ghost said that she was probably a, here, yeah, an abused geriatric patient. Yeah. I don't know. She feels as if she's been chained to this place forever, waiting for her loved ones to come and release her. Oh. The bleeding wrists could signify the fact that the employees chained her down by her wrists. And sometimes they were like, the patients were so bad, they were like bruised and bleeding. Yeah. Well, I don't know. When I pictured her running around, I pictured her like, ooh, <laughs> like <laughs> rattling chains. Like, like uh, what's that movie? Uh, the movie with the ghost and the chains and the Christmas. <laughs> Come on. Let her get it. Let her get it. <laughs> it's not a Christmas story. That's the one with the little kid and the lamp. Yeah, the lamp with the leg lamp. The leg lamp. It's a Christmas something. A Christmas ghost. I don't know. I don't remember. A Christmas tarot? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, you can't see at home as I was just hitting my head trying to figure out what it was called. You might actually hear it in the mic. Yeah, you might. Sorry. I really was having a hard time. There is a lot of shadow people that run rampant in the asylum. Yeah. Absolutely. Orbs have been caught in pictures taken throughout the building as well as other streaks of light and dark figures. Strange smells. Like I told you with like the food earlier. Yeah. And the electricity, the lights will flick on and off, but there's no, even when, like, there was no electricity running to the building. Yeah. So there's, like, a ton more. There's a ton more ghosts and hauntings I could tell you. But I just want to tell you, like, this one more thing. Okay. There is a particular shadowy creature called the Creeper. No, I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) Um, My first thought was Minecraft. (laughs) And it was much funnier. But it's not funny at all. (laughs) It's a rarely seen entity, but it carries an aura of doom. What do you mean an aura of doom? You just feel doom when it's around. Okay. Are you ready? No. It crawls along the floor Mm. or even up the walls or on the ceiling. Nope. Like, just like crab crawl? Yes. Or like... I don't know. I just picked crab. Bridge crawl. Whatever one's creepier, that's what it does. Okay. I think they're both pretty fucking creepy. They're both pretty creepy. Many believe it to be an inhuman entity. That it could be demonic and it feeds off negative energy. Which the place has loads of. Yeah. Because it's horrible. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, you can go online and there's tons and tons of ghosts on there. Yeah. I, you know, cutting it down for the sake of podcasting, but like, and the sake of me not doing enough research fast enough because my pen ran out of ink at work. (laughs) (laughs) Excuses, excuses, Amber. It really happened. I swear. I was writing my notes at lunch and my pen ran out of ink. I was really mad. But... 
that is Waverly Hills Sanatorium for the most part. That's so cool. Sorry, that was a yawn. Wow, did I bore you? No, No. I'm kidding. No, I have not been sleeping. I feel that. I don't sleep. Yeah, me neither. Sleep is for the week. But yeah, so that is my uh, episode for you today and your episode for me today. Yep. We shared it together. We did. And we also shared it with the death of Giles Quarry. Our favorite person. Yeah. Who's a badass. And Theo, who joined us in the last few minutes and now is calmly laying underneath me like a cute little baby. I wish he was like calmly laying underneath while we were trying to record. Yeah. Sorry, I was petting your dog. He's so cute. Yeah. He's cute sometimes. I put him on Twitter if people want to see him. You can also see him on Instagram because there's a picture of him and my beautiful cat, Paco. But I guess thank you. Thanks for listening. Um... Goodbye. (laughs) We didn't do the whole outro. (laughs) Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We are found anywhere where podcasts are sold. Sold? Sold. You can buy our podcast anywhere. Yep. For free. For free. (laughs) For freezies. And with that, you get our gratitude. You can find us on social media at Twitter, the MFCast, Instagram, Marble Forest Podcast, and you can send us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your stories. Yeah. I shared a story. You you share a story. Jesse shared a good story last week, and we just want to hear yours. Yeah. I have more stories. But yeah. Yeah. You can also find us on facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. And we'd like to give a special thanks to Jenna, who did our logo and banner. Uh, You can find her on Instagram and Etsy at Agenda. That's Agenda. Duh. Duh. Check her out. She's so good. She's so good. And then Cameron, you need to make us more music. Yeah, we need this cool, you know. Our jiving music. Jiving spooky ghost jive move music. Yep. And thanks, Cameron, for making us music. Yep. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. And thank you for Devin. We just are really appreciative of her. her. Devin, we wouldn't have known that today was the same day that he died if it wasn't for you. Our Giles Corey fan club. Yep, our Giles Corey fan club. Well, thank you. This has been the Giles Corey... Wow. (laughs) Giles Corey fan club. Uh, Don't tempt fate. And buy a livestock. Bye. Bye. (laughs)